You're listening to AI Impressions with Kate, John, and Eric, a podcast for the curious, where we invite you to join the conversation on all things artificial intelligence. Awesome. Hello, and welcome to another episode of AI Impressions. Today, we have a special episode. It is going to be myself, Kate Dudzik and Eric Yensu doing a short for you today. What is up, Eric? How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I've been busy, uh-huh. but my I've been thinking about all these different ideas, and I've been excited to film. There's not enough time in the day, but uh, <laughs> we make uh, we make do with the time we have. Amazing. So tell me, what are these ideas and also sidebar do you use ai to help you organize your stuff because you are like the busiest human being i have ever met like (laughs) you're my friend and i barely get to see you (laughs) yeah i know um it's on the very on the fly on the fly type thing like most of my time is not spent organizing my schedule but uh organizing ideas oh interesting okay so what do you mean um well literally somebody will tell me they want to create something yeah and i have to think about literally the process of manifesting that so many times the first thing i do i like using visual references so yeah i have a philosophy that like since our brain is similar to a computer that um we only have a certain amount of like storage space yes yeah. So many times when I start contemplating like an idea, mm-hmm. it starts to become like all this downloading from like the ether. Right. So I'm going to get like terabytes of what this idea is. And yeah. then I start backing it up by putting it into visual references or like documents. Then I can mm-hmm. actually clear the space in my head. And now I have things like yes. to reference. You know what oh, I, mean? I love that. Yes, of course I do. Um, both personally and professionally. Like I feel like you've already got my gears spinning. So, you know, we have working memory, which has a capacity of seven plus or minus two. It's like when you're, you know, out at a bar or something and you're like, hey team, like what do y'all want to drink? And you can remember like, okay, so so and so wants this, that, and that. Okay. And you go with like that list to the bar. That's like your working memory. Then we have short-term and long-term memory. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you've, you've heard of kind of like how these work, but it's interesting. So my advisor, Dr. Rob West, he, uh, he believes there's also like middle memory. And I think it's kind of a cool concept because there's gotta be some friggin' storage space going on there between short-term and long-term memory. Like it, it only makes sense that there's something there. And I think part of it too comes back to your point of like, using the outside world, what we call like extended cognition to help with that storage process, because, you know, it, it falls, it feels like it falls right out of short-term memory and there's no way in hell you're going to remember everything in long-term memory. Right. So we got to use the world around us for extended and use that extended cognition as like tools to help us remember better. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so funny because I feel like, um, I feel like multitasking is actually uh, something that's like that females actually have an advantage of. Like I get this from like my mom, like my mom, like I have like different like working systems. Yeah. Like my ability to just like kind of do many things at once and kind of still hold them in my brain and like charge forward is very similar to like, you know, how like traditional like mothers like had to function especially being around like the chip like all these things always coming at you at a constant demand demand of things like i can remember when i was a younger person like i just like you know you expect mom to like give you everything like all of a sudden i'm hungry okay where's the food okay i need to go over there oh where's this and at the same time which i didn't know is that she has her own stuff she's like do it you know what i mean so also a human being with friends yeah that's what's so interesting And then like the dad in old traditional times and stuff, he would just focus on working, hunting, providing, (laughs) working, hunting, providing. And many times, which I don't under, I didn't understand till I got older is that after dads are home, they don't want to hear nothing of like, about like nothing, man. They need clear, like their computer needs like standby 
shutdown like mode and stuff oh like that. God. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's why it's like, I always tell my dad, I'm like, I'm so sorry for like bothering you. Like when you like come home, oh. it's true though. I was like, oh my gosh. Like he probably, cause like, even when I'm now, I'm like, guys, like I just sometimes need space where it's just yeah. like, my mind is just like empty. <laughs> I'm like that's nobody fair. is like, talking to me. Nobody's oh like doing anything. Like I just need like an uh what they call it, a void. I need to just go yeah. to like the void of like nothingness. And yeah. that's how I can kind of like reset my reset my brain and uh reset my mind, you know. So um yeah, oh yeah I'm trying to do better, but no, uh you're, you're doing amazing, like it's so funny that you say, you know, your mom is a huge inspiration for that because um, I don't feel like it's gendered in the way that it's innately like biological. I feel yeah. like it, we're trained, you know, um, like your mom who sounds incredible and I can't wait to meet her one day. Um, she was balancing so many things at once because there's actually like technically like to get all, you know, technical here, uh, no such thing as multitasking. It's your brain switching really fast between tasks and duties, right? So it's like, you have to learn how to do that, to put one on hold really quickly, switch to the other task, know when to go back to that thought or like when is the appropriate time to like interrupt yourself or put one thing on pause. And all of those things are managed by you, your surroundings, your like context awareness, your situational yeah. awareness and all of these things going on. And it's like, I, I also like that is such a skill it also takes so much energy you know like i i feel like that also like to me anyways i really i relate to the needing to go to the void <laughs> i oh, very yeah. much need to go like offline a lot like if you will you know and yeah. decompress and let my brain just um go blank recharge sometimes you know yeah. and it's like i get both uh i yeah yeah, you need to survive. Because like, whenever I think about like a lot of this like whatever like internet like 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 gender war stuff, it's always like so fun. Because like um, I always tell my girlfriend like, oh yeah, you're great. Because like me, like I have like just like if you were if I was to like judge women by like my mom, like it's not even like yeah. fair. Like it's not even like fair, bro. She wakes in the morning. She will like cook like all day oh. and she'll like go to work and do this stuff yeah. and i was like so when i told my girlfriend like and she know she meets my mom she likes my mom a lot i was like no pressure you? like you're great <laughs> i think you're great right like and i don't even need everything you do is like nice for me but trust yeah. me like you know what i had a pretty good like like growing up you know I had a but it's so funny now because like i laugh because like i uh i'm just like a bro like all the like quote-unquote manly macho men like like me <laughs> And they always come with me like, yeah, women got to do this. Women got to do this. And I'm like, guys, like mm. whatever you're talking about, the old guys, they're like building like the house. And I know you guys can't even like fix like nothing. You know what I mean? So for me, <laughs> I keep my mouth closed. I'm like, okay, I got to get my money. I got to learn how to build stuff. And then I, then you can see me in some sort of like one of those arguments. But I tell the guys like, guys, like chill, the girls. They're doing a lot, bro. Like, relax. You know what I mean? You're right. doing okay. a lot, bro. You guys are not building no house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Not, Can I talk about that? You guys, every day, like, coming for yours. You're not, you're not doing that every day. Like, oh, snap. Like, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I get it, you know? So for now, we all chill, you know? Mm -hmm. It's very interesting yeah. times, but like, I just kind of, relate oh my God, myself yeah. to like my, my mom my mom and my dad because those are where i get my uh programming from yeah pretty like, much that's my computer like all my computer data was but from them and then the rest is from the internet of life i'd say oh 100 percent. and like i really appreciate you using your position and male privilege as a bro to call out that behavior and those mindsets because i mean Let's face it, if I said the same thing to those people, it would probably not go over as well. So thank you. Thank you for saying something. Also, like, a lot of people got to look past those those strange isms. It's just like, it's gender. <laughs> it's a concept. Like, stop. Are just ridiculous. Like me, like, I know yeah, girls have this stuff, but us guys, just leave us alone. Like, as soon as people started judging us as, like, being, like, good, it goes downhill. Because we're just savages, <laughs> bro. Like... 
like it's not even like fair like you know oh what i mean gosh, like ladies so are the reason why we have plates and like cutlery at home like like leave us man. there's no need man. oh my goodness well there's, that no is also, there's good guys like you though who you know respect your parents respect all of the gender identities you know and like you learn because like you've got plates and it's not because you know you have a girlfriend it's because you you learned and you respect what the lessons you were taught right and i feel that you know if if you are you know in a certain age demographic of a certain gender identity here like i just, uh, just put it out there and you don't have the necessities ask for help you know what i wouldn't have given to have youtube as a child there are so many amazing resources out there that I almost feel like there's like no excuse not to like know how to clean your toilet bowl or something like that, you know? So to, to add on to that, so I was at my uh, my friend Saeed's place. He's a younger boy than me. He's about, I think he just turned 26. Oh, and he was showing me perfect. something on Instagram. And okay. I'm not sure if anybody's seen, but like Meta and Ray-Ban are partnering up to release their new like tech glasses. Oh, I heard of this. I'm not wow. sure if you've seen these, but like, number one, you could attach your glasses to like your phone so you can live stream what you're seeing from your glasses. That is and not bad. only that, in terms of AI and stuff like that, I can look at things and solve problems. So I can actually look at a leaky sink and in what? real time, get the information to like, to like fix it. It's, it's, it's pretty oh crazy the technological leap that's going to happen and be in, in terms of like, users you know so then me and my friends started talking and i was like oh yeah like wow i see the advancement so with the elon musk stuff like i think like the biohacking because like mm -hmm. as a, a filmmaker so i like i always have like my whatever philosophical debates and stuff like that mm -hmm. and like there's people that have like you know creation theory evolution theory etc and um me i always like all the information like i have my richard dawkins selfish gene i got my my stuff i like to know the philosophy very nice very and nice i always yeah. say like there's a few arguments because like you know we're just human beings we can't know everything we can't explain everything and everything can't be explained but one thing yeah. that like is such like a wrench in terms mm -hmm. of like uh, evolutionary theories is our eye so our eye is like too complicated to like be to be like evolve like even to this day we've never made a camera with all the i use camera equipment it's not even close to this a hundred thousand a hundred and twenty thousand all of this so i think eventually as like a filmmaker a cinematographer you're gonna have some sort of digital lens that biohacks your eyeball and now i can capture and like shoot things in like real time like you know what i mean in terms of, so i was just thinking I'm like what's this with these Neuralink experiments, I don't know what kind of people they're putting in the dumpster after it's not working. I have no clue. Like, what could be going on? I'm like, bro, like, who's signing up for this with like a signing the waiver? Yeah. The waiver? And they're like, yeah, bro, like, worst comes to worst, man. You just throw me, throw me in the pile after there. Cause like, those are kind of interesting experiments, don't you think, in terms of like technology getting into like your brain? The only thing oh, I think wow. is interesting is um i was talking to one of my to I'll, I'll keep like the chain of what i'm going but i was talking to my uh my uh friend's sister who we grew up together and she's like a medical professional and our brain doesn't have like yeah. pain receptors. so it's so crazy the stuff yeah, you the can do in terms brain of, like, not... on the brain in like real oh, yeah. time you know what i mean it's very okay. it's very yeah. bizarre and i was like man like our brain is really our game when it comes to being yeah. a, a human being, you know? 100%. That's why maybe yeah. become, being called like unintelligent or like stupid is like probably the top insult like to a human being, I, I, yeah. I would think. Also one of the oldest. I feel that, you know, it's even like back in Shakespearean plays and stuff like that, that the first insult to go for was really just like, it was, it was the intellect, you know? Right? That's very, that's very, that's very interesting. But it's so funny that in terms of upward mobility of like all of these characters in Shakespeare, it's always mm -hmm. that cunning pro, that cunning uh, character. Like, yeah. as I said, like that Iago, Iago, man, you know, from Othello, that cunning whisperer and these guys, like the first propaganda artist. 
Shakespeare's the best. You can't. You still can't. Oh, it. legend, legend. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness, that's a big Shakespeare amazing. guy, big Mercutio guy. <laughs> <laughs> I want that on a T-shirt, please and thank you. Um, so before we get too far away from it, yeah, yeah. There actually uh, was a Dimension Twenty season that just aired called Mentopolis, and as you know, I'm a huge D and D nerd, yeah. and I love the cast of Dimension Twenty, and it's like a very very dark like watchman meets inside out where they talk about you know they're each one plays like a character that's a piece inside someone's mind that they call the big guy you know it's like uh you remember that movie osmosis jones how are you, you referring to this of course chris rock chris rock and bill murray <laughs> yeah i remember that oh my God, it was amazing yeah. um, i loved that movie as a kid and it, it's kind of like that where they're solving this mystery and one of the issues and i don't want to give away too many spoilers was they start they start messing with the memory and and that you know is really the key to our intelligence you know and almost like full circle to where we started if you lose parts of your memory or if your access to your memory changes or your knowledge or your information isn't you know stored properly um you suffer and the way you see the world suffers and then your intelligence suffers and your way to navigate everything, you know, it all kind of like holds in these structures that we forget about sometimes, you know, or forget to supplement. Right. That's crazy. That's so interesting. Like, yeah, the memory, cause like, you know, your identity is the story you tell yourself or, yeah. which is very interesting because classically your identity was a story that, society or like your lineage toy like mm -hmm. i keep like i always yeah. have like certain debates mm -hmm. and um my debates usually lead to like worldview and like certain rules where i was like oh like, i have my own perspective but like the world we live in yeah and i'll tell you one thing like according to the world we live in like your identity is legitimately just your dna like that's when somebody if you're going to convict you of a crime mm -hmm. you know what i mean Okay. Yeah. Once you yeah. have like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. That's you can't like even so weird how the world anymore. looks at you. And I told somebody else too. I was like, oh yeah, yeah like, not my worldview, but like the world we live in. Yeah. Identity, like what? Who you are is on your passport. Yeah. That's like so what it is. Like that's how that's how the world distinguishes what your yeah. identity is. So I always like laugh because like I feel like we have a lot of. You know, because we live in such like an expressive like Western society where we have all these yeah. thoughts and opinions that clash. But I'm like, yeah, eventually, like they kind of hit a wall depending what society you live in. I'm like, you'd be hard pressed to argue against that. Like, yeah, you're no matter what you say you are and all that. When it comes time to cross the border, there's an identification you have to show mm -hmm. and they are going to determine whether it's legitimate. And it's so yeah. funny that it needs to be something that's actually like registered and it has with yeah, your, appearance. your appearance says a lot about like who you are. So in terms of like going back to classic things, especially since, and this is so weird, but especially since like, you know, we come from like a patriarchal society in terms of like mm -hmm. history yeah. and you usually get your last name based on like your father, yeah, like who your father is, is such, yeah. was used to be a, such a serious, Oh yeah. Identifier of like who you are. Then after that, because mm -hmm. it has your name and your last name, where, mm -hmm. like, when were you born? Then where do you live? Right? Yeah. It's very yeah. interesting, right? Like that's how the world I looks like it. who, like the world, how you categorize that. So I wonder yeah. how like if AI was to like categorize like humans into unique individuals, like, and you hmm. put them into a process like okay. what would they what would that look like so there's something so interesting to me about the idea of permanence and identity you know i love the example of the smoker because when you ask like oh sarah does she smoke yeah she's a smoker like she's always gonna smoke like she's <laughs> always been smoking and i think it's just so wild that such a superficial thing can become such like a permanent label we stick on somebody like like they're incapable of being any different than what we tell them they are yeah and you take away that power and that autonomy from someone when you do that like i don't know if uh if anyone any one of you is from a small town or if uh any one of y'all know someone who is from a small town but you'll often hear these narratives of like oh yeah i was the smart one 
I was the funny one. I was the sporty one. I was the pretty one. I was the blah, 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 blah. You were told who you were. And every time you go back home, there are always going to be people who see you as that person you were. Like you're incapable of growth or change or becoming anything different than what they saw you as or decided you need to be. You know, it's the same with stereotyping, but looking at the sense of like who you are as an individual, I find that permanent. So freaking fascinating. And like you said, it has to be legitimized by someone else. Like, you know, all of a sudden the narrative that you know is true about yourself, anyone who's ever had shit spread about them, like my ex, you know, for example, said a bunch of shit that's not true about me. And I know I'm not the only person in the world who's had this happen to them. And that's okay too. You know what? When I was younger, I wasn't always the best person and friend. And I know I contributed to some bullshit too back in the day. So you know what? We've all been there. And part of why it's so awful, I think, to spread rumors or be a part of that cycle, even if you're not the one who started it, you're still a part of the cycle and you got to own that. Like I had to own that, you know, um, you get to a place where you realize it's taking away someone's truth. It's taking away someone's voice and telling them what the world sees them as instead of allowing them to exist as they are. And the fact that we are so open and willing to just accept a narrative presented to us without question, because someone said it's true. Someone said they're a smoker. They've always been a smoker. They'll always be a smoker. You know, it's just, it's baffling to me that 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 is still a thing that we do. And that's why it's like so interesting. There's a few interesting things about that because like, in terms oh, of, I was worried. Of our brains as like computers, like, yeah, we have to stir no matter what the information we have to categorize. Yes. We have to categorize to store information based on like, yeah. who is, who is this, you know? And I tell like, like my friends, like the young boys, I said, like, one thing you're going to have to really like be able to designate, like growing up is like, who's your friend and who's your fault? Cause yeah. like mixing those two is like very dangerous. Cause if you think somebody's a foe, but they're a friend, then yeah. you're missing out on a good relationship. If you think somebody's a friend and that's a foe, that's led to the demise of like many people like- Oh, we've been uh, there. We've all been there, yeah. Histor- historically and like, that's like- Yeah. In term- and also so funny in terms of what you said about like your hometown and like identity. As yeah. like a movie maker, when you're you're making like certain stories, like the hero's journey, it is mm-hmm. like an essential part of the storytelling that the hero leaves like the situation they're from to become somebody new, and then return to the same situation to see how much they've changed. I love that. I love that. So anyone who hasn't left their hometown, please go on your hero's journey. Please go find yourself. <laughs> it's so funny. So I have such a very different upbringing than you almost completely 180, you know, bounced around, family life wasn't that great. You know, I was on my own at 16, 17, like living alone, figuring out how to pay rent in a new country and doing all these things to get my shit together. Um, And I never stayed in one place longer than probably four or five years until I moved here to Toronto. And this was the first place I ever picked for myself. It was the first home I ever decided to be in that wasn't, you know, somewhere I had to move to for family reasons and stuff. But because of that, you know, I never felt tied to an identity someone else gave to me the way that a lot of people who are raised in one culture or one country or one city or province or state often get. But in another way, I don't know what it's like to go home again. Do you know what I mean? I got to be my own home and my own gauge, which is kind of weird. But, you know, luckily I've got I've got friends that have stood the test of time, you know. Um, yeah. Geez, we're getting old, like, you know, almost 20 years of friendship here. And uh, it's interesting to look back at all the different versions of myself and see how much I've grown. And I wonder if that was that growth was often stimulated because I moved so much or because I became the type of person who was open to growing because I knew that I had to in order to survive. I don't know. No, it's it's interesting because, uh, yeah, you have to kind of figure out 
like, because I said, like, it's just weird because, like, you know, we live in, like, the natural world, but, like, our perspective is based in, like, this, like, you know, social, like, corporatocracy. So sometimes you have to look at yourself as, like, this asset, you know what I mean? Which is fine, like, in terms of what you're doing. But, like, in terms of an asset, you have to go to a marketplace where you have the highest value. Mm. And that's where you're going to thrive. Aww. That's where you're going to thrive more. You know what I that's mean? That's actually really like, beautiful. No. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it is. Like, find yeah, the people that truly that out, see your you value know? who let you become as yeah. valuable as you can be. Like, oh. Because yeah, if you're a hometown and your hometown is known for like, like, as I said, like, if you're a commodity in like your hometown, you could be like a rarity somewhere else you like go. And that's mm-hmm. like, people have studied that, like, most people's success is reached like in places they don't didn't grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a really great point. Sometimes I wonder, you know, we've set the bar so high for what the right way, quote unquote, to raise children or the best that you can give your kids or the best opportunities. Yet so oftentimes the people we idolize and the ones that thrive and survive and do the best quote unquote, in the world, it are people who had to face extreme adversity and like really random life events that threw their whole existence into chaos and turmoil for them to, to rise to the top and become this whole new version of themselves. Like that's wild. And that's why I said, like, everybody can see, like, as I said, like, there's like certain stereotypes that like some people would say true, at least they know the archetypes, but like, like, a lot of kids born in like silver spoons become like mm-hmm. not even fully formed, like dynamic mm-hmm. social people. You become like weak in like mm-hmm. a way, you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. it's like the agoraphobia, like in terms right. of like, hardships, instead of like even dealing with like things you never had to like kind of think about, you know what I'm yeah. saying? There are certain yeah. people like, you know, it happens a lot of times, but uh, I can tell you like, I could, I could honestly tell you that in terms of like one of the biggest fears in the Western world before death is probably like running out of money. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel that a lot of people find that to be a fate worse than death. Which is interesting because like, that's like a different kind of zero, you know what I mean? But you still have the capability, you know? And then like, Hmm. for me, whatever my pathway has been, because you have your gifts and your curses, I... I'm not down for what they call a filthy lucre in like the Bible. Like I can't just like do take money from anywhere, you know, yeah. I can't just like yeah. do things where I'm like, and then also like, you know, you've been in certain places. Like I think everybody, especially like in this corporate world, they've, they've gone places and been like, I'm not like valued here. You know what I mean? Like this right. is a bit of its own type of high level slavery or like celebrity jail. Like when you go to certain places where yeah. you get paid, but you can't like express yourself. You can't like, yep. you can't think, you know what I mean? And that's what's been so interesting um, in terms of, uh, from my observation where, um, like, it's so weird. Like I, I can tell yeah. you like at one point in terms of like, just from my perspective, like I'm not like, yeah. I'm never like, I'm always like having these thoughts like so if I can think about like women in the classic like corporate world mm-hmm. like a lot of it was like whatever that secretary slap on the butt even though at <laughs> one point during like the world war where like the guys are going there and the women had to come like really support them and know exactly what they're working for like that was like you know a, a serious time but like if I can like just if I was gonna make a movie but like from think about the yeah. story so like there's been such uh resistance that like i think in the corporate path like for like ladies i feel like there was a time where you're not allowed in there or you're allowed in a certain way and Mm -hmm. then you can get into it and then you can start thriving and like in my opinion there's a realization that now that like a lot of women are climbing to the top in corporate they're kind of being like this isn't like what I thought it was like, you know what I mean? This is like lame. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is like, ugh. like, you know, and like, I can tell you from like certain men or like even like whatever colored man and stuff like that. And there's certain environments, like I would think like at, at one point, 
uh, females were, as things started changing, they started, started to thrive. They're thriving in the corporate world. They're killing it. They're thriving in the corporate mm -hmm. world. But I can tell you, for me, Mr. Macho or whatever, the corporate world for me is a bit too emasculating for me to even like go into. Like I would feel like my manhood is being questioned every day by somebody who's trying to exert sort of power over you just because they're in a hierarchy where no offense to nobody. And I don't want to be nervous, but like in olden days, it'd be like, I might like, yeah. kill you for the disrespect like I'm, I'm facing right now, but I, oh, whatever 100%. the society tells you, like, I can't, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's Absolutely. not me. So, so, yeah. So go, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, uh, the next short that we do together, we need to talk about cycles of oppression because I feel like you just hit something that is so deep and so important and it's across gender, ethnicity, like it's, it's across everything. And power dynamics is such an important part of being human and existing in society. And even in the way that we create AI and build systems, leverage systems, the way that they're being integrated into work, uh, corporate places, things like that, the power dynamics that shape everything in this whole area is just so, so deep, but yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, I feel yeah. you. There's a lot of, of stereotyping and also a lot of expectations that are not being met and a lot of expectations that are being blown away and everything in between. It's, it's so interesting how, you know, kind of coming back to memory and gender and the self, I guess, is, is really our theme in a nutshell today. It's, I think about John Locke, right? Okay. And I'm pretty sure he was the one who talked about once upon a time, I ate an apple. I don't remember what it was like to eat that apple. I don't remember how it tastes. But I remember that moment where I was that person who was eating that apple. And then the chain kind of continues like that. It's, I remember being the person who remembered eating the apple. And then it's, I remember being the person who remembered being the person who remembered eating the apple. And kind of like that that old children's song with like the frog on the log with the bump or something in the yeah, bottom of the sea yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like the chain kind of continues and it's like, at what point are you no longer connected to that person who really experienced eating that apple? And at what point does your memory of being that person kind of change? And, you know, to the gender perspective, among many other identity features uh, and especially phenotypic, so visible genetic features or identity features, um, at what point do we allow other people to stop being the person who ate the apple, you know, or do we stop expecting them to, to be someone who did eat that apple? You know, it kind of, it goes both ways. And I think about this when I build AI, especially predictive modeling, right? Like a lot of my work in the past years has been predicting human emotions or how people are going to react to things, you know, and it's generalizing for sure absolutely a lot of generalizing, which is what we do when we judge people or stereotype them or group them in because, you know, oh, um, she is a pierced tattooed girl who wears band t-shirts. She probably works in a, you know, art studio or bar yeah. or something, you know, like I, there, what we do is we apply heuristics. We apply these, like, almost of the time it's right, I guess, you know, but at what point does it become a bias? When does it become too much and when does it become problematic? And it's the same with what we design, you know? Yeah. And that's the issue. Cause like, you know, everything has this like downsides and like good sides, mm -hmm. but, um, that's the issue of living in like this, like multicultural metropolitan, like you're going to have all these culture clashes, like all the time. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like back in the day, like you would be a part of like, the tribe of tattooed, like, you know what I mean? Like tattooed <laughs> women and that's how you guys do your thing. And when you want to go yeah. with the tribe of non-tattoo people to do your <laughs> commerce or do your stuff, you would do that. Yeah. And then you'd go home and feel like comfortable. You know right. what I mean? But like in terms of like trying to figure out your day-to-day -day identity when you have to like live in this culture like do things like live as the romans do as they say like be in this kind of when in rome 
Like, mm. I think there's like so much cognitive dissonance that like, I think most of the like biases people have is like to stop themselves from having a daily identity crisis. You have to be like, <laughs> what this person's doing, that's not what I'm doing, has to be bad or else I'm bad. It has to, you have to look at it that way or else like, or you can accept, you can say, but it still it comes from your own perspective, right? Like I feel like yeah. most people that are like, want their own independence are less threatened by people doing things their own way. But if you're somebody who's like keeping up with the Joneses or a part of what they, they call the go along to get along gang, the go along <laughs> to get along gang, which like- Yeah, that tribe. Yeah, like almost like, not. A, I'm not gonna take it to like an extreme thing, but like- No, no, I, I hear In terms you. of like Nazism, like- Yeah. A lot of like, yo, like- Not gonna take it extreme, so Nazis. Yeah, but just like in terms of like, that's like, so like, that's like a nationalistic movement. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I could only imagine like, there's peer pressure when you go to like school. Like, think about the pressure yeah. you feel like when there's like your nation has been propagated to like believe something and like you even yeah. thinking about like believing anything other makes you like some sort of pariah. Yeah, and at that point, yeah. everybody's not just like, flying around and moving somewhere yeah. and like working remotely like 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 back in the day like i can say right now like a lot of people that have disagreements with like the social arrays of where they live they try to move yeah yeah they, they try to move you know what i mean so i can only imagine like even when it came to like a lot of like COVID time stuff like there was a lot of like political like everybody became super political i know i know Oh, yeah. COVID. Some people aren't even talking to each other because they believe like different, different. things. Yeah. And I don't know, you know what I mean? I just find that like so interesting that like you know what I like the culture about that? clash, you know what I mean? The culture the, cul yeah. the culture clash and, and things like that. And then people gravitating online to like find oh, yeah. their own like tribes and stuff like that. And that's where you have a lot of these new like I'm telling you, there's more political groups than like rap groups. Like, oh, like yeah. now, you know what I mean? Like, it's pretty <laughs> hilarious. And they have like, like you're they're there, almost kind of a pain. You start hearing, yeah. like, you're like, what's this name and stuff like that? <laughs> like, I always like no. laugh at people because there was like a political group and they were called like, uh, and me, like, I'm a savage. Like, I'm just like, as a kid, I just used to be very like, okay, let me think about this. But there was a political group that was like, I'd say like at a, at a high level, they're, politics would lead to them being like very anti-homosexual but they were called the proud boys which i found very bizarre like you know what i mean i find yeah. all this stuff because we celebrate bizarre. pride every year and they want to be the proud boys which definitely sounds like an improv dance group from like the community by the way <laughs> like, yeah you know what i mean and then like yes. i could see people and it was so funny yeah. because like you could see people like like I can tell you right now, like in terms of the, the, the dangerous, the danger of being over politicized now is becoming a gang member. I look at politics as yeah. like, like gang member stuff. And it's like, That's you got to really rep your squad. Like, like a gang's a gang. That means you rep yeah. your squad right or wrong. Yeah. You know who your yeah. ops are. Oh, yeah. And the craziest part about gang membership is the person who's going to be the most respected is the person that has the most fervor. Jesus. Isn't that crazy? You know what I mean? The person that has the most it's not fervor and your fervor gets tested to yeah. be whether you're down or you're not down. So like, it's even they have, sorry, go ahead. Though. It's tribalism. And you're exactly right in saying that it is gang behavior and culture based is something that's a part of our survival. It's been happening for years. It's the us versus them. It's the demonizing the other, you know, um, everything from a fear of a scarceness of resources you know you talked about money being something people are afraid of having none of and then you see these large groups who are saying you're telling us we have privilege but we don't see it because we don't have this money that you speak of and we see those other groups with this you know safety or security or access to education or what have you you know and they don't have it and i think one of the most uh interesting parts of this whole discussion to me anyways, or that's popping up in my brain right now is that it's almost like each one of us has this line inside of us 
where we're like, that's a marker of who they are in essence as a type of human being. And then that is not, you know, for example, for me, your gender identity, the color of your skin, where you come from, blah, blah, blah. Don't care. All good. As long as you're a nice, kind human being who, you know, maybe we, we vibe well, we get along well, or even, you know what, you're just like a polite human I'm passing on the street. Don't care. All good. We're good. But there are people who see another person who just, again, phenotypically, just visually looks yeah. different. And they're like, that visual difference that I can see on you right now on your person means that you're a bad person and you're threatening my life or my livelihood or my resources or, you know, something where they like yeah. literally almost go into that. Like, like you said, it's like your gang versus mine. Like, what is that line, man? What you is know, the line? Really, like, this is like crazy. Cause like, I have like, you know, like I like, so in terms of like the way I like to think, I like to like think and then come to conclusions, but then I can hmm. have that conclusion be something that can be tested. But like, I, I will like believe it. Like yeah. I'll believe it. Like I'll believe it because I'm like, oh, this is telling me this. So let me at least yeah. believe this so I can hold this. And then I could be somebody that talks about this just like any philosopher that have their thing. So it's so yeah. funny that when I talk about like history and like mm. gender, yeah. I would say females are more dynamic in terms of changing their identity. Cause back in the day, you would have to, like you're getting married off to somebody and you're gonna actually change your identity. And I'll tell you one thing that I can say, there's exceptions to the rule. When I, when I talk to men, sometimes I'm like, you know what? You better be careful because I feel like you kind of are who like your father was or like who this is yeah. because culturally yeah. the names, right? I'm the, the name, the whatever, four forms, all that kind of stuff. And like, yeah. plus I'm very close with my dad to uh, a thing where I'm like, like, I see where we're the same. And I see like how I'm like grandpa on this side. I see like on that, I feel in my veins, you know what I mean? But I'm just this modern expression of like, to do with the times, like the, the different changes yeah. are pretty much the times, climate, uh, spirit, but like, I'm the same, I'm the same. I know I am, so, I, have I know a question. I am, but my expression is based on my environment and the information and the time and all these mm -hmm. things, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, so I have a question. Yeah, um, but like that's so that's so interesting that I'm like, oh, like girls, like in terms of surviving, like socially, yo, y'all will find a way. Like you know what I mean? Like y'all <laughs> will find a way. You know what I mean? For me, yeah, like, I older, do. Always, like, why does everything always cross to like? And that's why I said it's so weird. I tell you people like as getting like an older man and stuff like that. I'm like, man, guys oh, are like savage. A lot of people. This guy, he looks like, amazing. He's like thirty. Like, like, okay, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> the quickest conclusion for me, like as I yeah. can say, as I start, I like I do my own gender study, as like okay. a man that keeps like getting older. I do my own. Where I'm like, oh, I was a boy. I was like a little boy once, so I can do the thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we come to conclusion, like. If there's like some sort of debate that goes too far, I'll tell you yeah. one thing. Our conclusion is like violence. Mm. That is how the con the conclusion will lead to some sort of like violent consequence. And the funny part, if you see about like, you know, there's war right now in terms of yeah. like going on in the world. And it's yeah. so funny that some people that would be looking at the war, let's say like even Ukraine and Russia and stuff like that, people are waiting for some sort of conclusion where things like move on past that. Isn't that so yeah. funny? Like, it's not even like a finality, like the violence, like we occur in. You can see that for some reason, and I'll only say that this is like a very like patriarchal or like manly thing. Cause like we're the, we're the war makers. If you go count the soldiers and stuff like that, it's mostly men. Can you see that somehow this violent conflict is a part of reaching some sort of conclusion? Right? There's not gonna be perennial, nobody's thinking when they get into the situation that there's gonna be perennial, perennial violence. Like, you know what I mean? Somebody on this side is ready to go to violence because, okay, you've encroached on me or whatever they tell you. Like, people make up yeah. whatever they need to like make up for like why oh, like we're yeah. doing our shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's so crazy that like when I watch sports and I watch this, like, Somebody wants to win, but everybody thinks they're the good guy. Always. Know? 
Oh, it's the stories we tell ourselves. So yeah. I, I actually, I have a point and a question yeah. I want to make. Yeah. And I know we're coming close to time. So yeah. uh, one thing that I find so interesting is you were talking about genetics. And as someone who doesn't know like a lot about my genetics, I, I always find this very interesting. Um, take a look at psychopharmacology, which is the study of how drugs impact your brain, right? Mm-hmm. There's something called uh, recessive alleles. And these recessive alleles are parts of your genes that like stay hidden unless the perfect storm of circumstances can occur to make them become prominent and then visual. Right. So for some people, actually, fun fact, it's uh, it's cannabis or like pot, you know, if you're smoking weed, some people it's really good for them. And it like helps melt out. It helps with their anxiety. It helps with depression. There's a lot of people who really benefit from cannabis use. Uh, there's also a lot of people who have recessive alleles for these types of mental health issues and cannabis can act as an environmental stimulator for them to become prominent and not go back away. Right. So like, if you think about that, and then you also think about like the traits of your ancestors and the people before you, you know, it's, it's so interesting because you were talking about like being like your dad or your granddad, you know, and I, I, I think it's so beautiful and poetic. I also wonder, you know, do you ever look at their traits that aren't so good and see it in yourself or like use it almost like a, a measuring stick of there's a potential for this to grow in me, you know, cause like I look to lots of people outside of myself because I don't have that intimacy with my heritage or my family. And I wish I did, like, it sounds beautiful. I'm, you know, I I think there'll always be a part of me that's jealous of other humans who have that tie to their blood. But, you know, I look around me and I say, oh, that, that's not great. Let's not be like that. Okay. Okay. Go team. Uh, You know, but like, do you ever see that in your family? Like you see the good, you see all of you, right? So my dad talks a lot. Like I'm a big, beautiful. I have a big mouth, um, and it's not like that's not wrong. Like, it's, it's so funny because like you get to like be an observer, like you know what I mean. Yeah. It's not like so you get to see certain traits, but like my dad's calmed down like a lot, which I like okay. like when you get older. But like yeah. you know, like you see like it's a it's a dad thing, sometimes a man thing. But like I gotta watch like my temper for sure. Okay, because my temper, um, like it's a certain type of energy that yeah. like will consume you interesting and so me i'm not a small guy i'm not a yeah. very safe like i could be like a dangerous guy so for me i have to be measured in a way because mm-hmm. like me being out of control of like myself is mm-hmm. like bad makes sense you know what i mean like yeah. very very like seeing red. oh yeah. for sure and like living in some place like canada in terms of like yeah. laws you have to be careful because if somebody even breaks into your house and you end up like killing them in self-defense and there's no castle yeah. laws in Canada, like you're going to be a charge with like murder. But for me to be sleeping in my house and I got my woman, I got my kids, I really like want to do that. Like, like you yeah. know what I mean? If somebody's like coming for me. So like, and let's say me and Kate are like, so let's say like me and Kate are like chilling or whatever. We're like walking down the yeah. street and somebody poses like a threat to her. Like for yeah. me, I have to like chill. Cause like my, I'm a bit of an extremist in like all my good emotions, but I could be an extremist in the bad one. So I got to relax. Did you feel this almost like boiling of your blood before you saw it in your dad? Do you remember? Um, kids are the, kids are the worst. Like who gets more angry than the kids? Like, are you nuts? Like this guy, (laughs) kids knew how to murder. Like, are you serious? Like, because Randy, oh, I, I Randy took my toy. Like, I was like, like Bro, all of the blocks. Yeah, like, Fuck are you it. serious? Like, kids, like, kids yeah, don't okay. know sophisticated violence. That's why kids are the best. But like, in terms of the most savage people on earth, in terms of like, oh, kids. their kids are just ruthless. You have oh, to grow, like a parent's job is to like yeah. train a kid. Not to be terrible and like sound it. <laughs> Play with that person. Be nice to that person. <laughs> Share. Get along. Oh my god. Like That's stop so crying just because your milk dropped. What's wrong with you? This is ridiculous. 
Like I have one nephew, the emotions. Like, yeah. like, my, uh, like I'm like a friend uncle, one of my nephews. Like this kid is so ridiculous with the personality that when he falls down, he doesn't cry because he's hurt. He's cries because he's embarrassed. He cried because he's embarrassed. We have to make sure we don't look. Because if he's embarrassed, he's going to start banging his head like on the floor. I'm like, what? Oh this God. kid's level of sophistication of knowing what's going around him because he's around so many people all the time. It's yeah. too high level, bro. Like, nobody's looking at you like you should be embarrassed. Like, you're a little boy. You always clap for you. Hey, don't worry, man. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. As long as, as long as y'all got my back, I won't scream here like that. But like, I feel like if, as like a man that's grown up, like it's so funny that I feel like if I can't control my anger, that I'm being childish. Like, I feel like the negative traits that people keep on as they get older, some of them are childish and some of the good traits you keep on as you get older, those are childlike. And I think there's a, a dichotomy between there because being a dreamer, being open, yeah. being wanting to learn again like that, that's very good to keep that child in your head. But like, Right. Those childish things that just don't work between adults like that, like fighting yeah. over no reason is childish. Being offended by what somebody says to you to the, to the extent you're going to go to jail for it is childish. So like yeah. the best thing to combat, like when you're talking about these people and their biases and all of these things is like to ignore them. Or sometimes people can correct you with things like they do say to you. Because I'm somebody that like, my natural voice is like loud. So somebody used to tell me if I'm being loud, but it's, nobody likes being corrected. We're like, hey, why are you being so loud? I'm like, shut up. That's my voice, man. Leave me alone. I was just going to say, sometimes you got to be loud. Like, no, chill. Man. I'm too loud, man. I'm going to just be more sophisticated, <laughs> no. man, as I get older. Whatever, man. Whatever. No, I like myself. I'm whatever. Not own it. <laughs> whatever, guys. I'll show you who's loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, this has been amazing. Um, thank you so much for this chat. Um, I hope everyone who's listening knows this is literally just like what it's like when we hang out and it's the best. So uh, next time, I think let's talk about power and cycles of oppression and things like that, because that actually really matters. And I know this is a podcast about AI, but like people, that's a huge part of AI implementation and how it gets like adopted and brought in. And anyways, I'm gonna stop there. I, don't, I feel like what you're saying, like to me right now, an EMP would be more devastating than a nuclear bomb to this society. If they can't en have energy and like, cause we're so attached to like our own, uh, what do you call it? Uh, artificial power sources. Yes, absolutely. Oh. It's bananas. Oh, thank you so much for today, Eric. Thank you all for joining us and for listening. From all of us here at AI Impressions, thank you for listening. Are you curious to learn more? Find us at AIimpressions.co or on our YouTube channel at AI Impressions. Thank you for supporting our mission to bring you accessible info on AI. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share a like, subscribe to our podcast, or if we really blew your mind, send a donation through the Bias a Coffee link in description so we can make even more types of detailed, engaging content for you. Do you have an idea for a future episode or question for us? Send us an email at podcast at AIimpressions.co. That's podcast at A-I-M-P-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S .co. We love to hear from you. Until next time, stay curious.